0: Scream all the more. Um, anyway, if you got your Bible, open up to the, uh, the book of John, chapter six. John chapter six. Ike, if you could go ahead and put my PowerPoint on the screen tonight. I am excited about what the Lord is going to share with you and speak to you tonight. I feel like it's it's really it's going to. I feel like it's going to rock you. It certainly has rocked me. It's a shocking statement. Everybody, say a shocking statement. Okay, everybody say it like you mean it. Everybody say a shocking statement. Even if you don't mean it, just pretend, you know, just fake it till you make it and pretend like you love me and you'll say it for me. A shocking statement. Here's the thing is that a lot of the things that Jesus said were extremely shocking. A lot of the things that Jesus said were extremely shocking and they were very extreme. You know, in fact, uh, they were so extreme and so shocking that I'm very glad that, I don't have to preach or that other uh, you know, other speakers and we don't always have to talk about the things that Jesus said that we can find the more cheerful stories in the Old Testament or in the New Testament that are encouraging because Jesus said some pretty extreme things. He said some really shocking things. When Jesus stepped onto the scene, when he stepped into ministry when he was 30 years old and he started walking around with these 12 dudes discipling them and he was teaching these religious leaders that they th- they thought they had it right and they thought they had it going on. But Jesus showed up on the scene, he started teaching them things that was throwing a wrench in everything. Let me give you an example. Jesus said some things like, you need to love your enemies. Okay. Nobody had ever heard of that before. Okay. Love your enemies. Not only do you need to love your enemies, but you need to pray for your enemies. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, some of you guys say, I don't even pray for my friends. Why would I pray for my enemies? You know, that's a shocking statement. Not only do I need to not hate, I can, I can maybe do that. Maybe, okay, don't hate my enemies. Okay, maybe I could just dislike them. No, I want you to love your enemies, Jesus said. And then not only do I want you to love your enemies, but I want you to pray for your enemies. That was new information. When he stepped on the scene, that was shocking. That was extreme. They're thinking that how in the world, you know, are we gonna do this? Here's another way. If somebody asks you to borrow something, I just want you to give it to them. I just want you to bless them. Don't worry about it. If somebody asks for your shirt, just give them your coat. I don't, I I don't. But no, you don't understand, Jesus, if they borrow something from me, then I need to get it back. No, if they borrow something from you, just give it to them, buy another one. Save your money, buy another one. You know, that's the way that Jesus taught. Or here's another one. Uh, What about when somebody does something wrong, you just need to forgive them? Like forgive them that one instance? No. Forgive them like, you know, like a hundred times? No, forgive them every time. No matter what they do to you. I want you to forgive them every time even if they haven't come to you and they haven't grovelled on their knees and they haven't asked you forgiveness if somebody wrongs you before they even do anything at all I just want you to forgive them well how often every single time well this had never been taught and Jesus had all these crazy things to say about marriage and divorce and then the disciples would ask him and he would be saying all this stuff and and I can just imagine the disciples going "I I don't like it just seems like it would be better for, for us to not even get married the way Jesus is talking about marriage and divorce it would be better for me not even get married and they would go well, well is that what you're saying and he would just go yeah and walk off that's extreme it's shocking to try to figure out the things that Jesus meant I mean when he, he threw he threw a major wrench in, in this kind of stuff in this new way of living because Jesus he wanted to give us a new way of thinking he wanted to give us a new way of living. He says, listen, you're in the world, but I don't want you to be of the world, okay? I'm going to model an example of character for you that I want you to follow after. Here's the things that I want you to do. I'm going to live like I want you to live. Even though you're in the world, I don't want you to think like the world. And, and, and you know, the thing is, is this is what's so cool about people and they're wondering about if Jesus is real or not. And here's the thing, this is what makes Jesus Jesus is because you couldn't make this stuff up. You see, if you were trying to be Jesus or you were trying to start a movement or you were trying to start a religion, you know what kind of things you would say? You would say, defeat your enemies. Don't love your enemies. Don't pray for your enemies. You would be saying, defeat your enemies. That's the way you start a movement or a religion. We're going to defeat our enemies. Or we would be saying things like, no, if you're getting overtaxed, the heck with that. Don't pay your taxes anymore. That's what we would be saying. But Jesus, he didn't, he didn't talk that way. So we know that, man, Jesus has to be who he says he really is because we couldn't make this stuff up. I mean, this is incredible information. And I just think that buried in these statements that Jesus made all throughout the Bible, buried in these statements, there are huge nuggets of wisdom and truth that we can draw from. Buried in these statements, if we can put aside our questions If we can put aside our misunderstandings and, you know, as people and as a culture, what we don't understand, we get scared of. We can't get passionate about things we don't understand. But if we could just put aside our questions, put aside our misunderstandings, and understand that inside this statement that Jesus is saying, buried inside this statement, there is truth, there is great truth, and there is great wisdom here. If we can put aside our questions put aside our doubts, put aside our worries, and just figure out that there is a truth and a wisdom that I am missing that I need to get a hold of. Because Jesus really is Jesus. And so we're going to take a look at John chapter 6. Jesus makes one of these incredible, shocking statements. And we're not going to define it. We're not going to dig into what the statement means, but there's something that I want us to be able to get a hold of tonight that we grab from the shocking statements that Jesus says. First off, we're gonna look at uh, chapter six, verse 53. And let me just kind of set up the scene for a second. Jesus was doing great miracles all around the town of Galilee and, and Capernaum and places like that. And he was doing these great uh, miracles and signs and wonders. So he was gathering. Uh, these people were starting to follow him because they were considering him to be like a rock star. He could do all these great things and cool things. And, and legs were growing out and arms were growing out. People were being raised from the dead and eyeballs were popping out. And all this kind of cool stuff is happening with Jesus praying for people. And every lepers are being cleansed. And he's, doing all, he's breaking all these rules and regulations and everything. So he's, he's got this following now. And he does something that right before this story. He feeds five thousand people. I'm sure most of you guys that are here tonight have heard about Jesus feeding five thousand people. There was five thousand people that were following him. Basically they didn't have any food. The disciples wanted to send them away because they didn't have any food to feed them. They had five loaves and two fish, and Jesus said, You feed them. And the story goes they fed five thousand people, they would go back to the basket where there was five loaves and two fish and they would be multiplied, and somehow, some way they would go back to the basket and they would be multiplied, and they were passing out all this, and it fed five thousand people plus leftovers, plus twelve baskets of leftovers. That is a big, huge fish fry, baby. That is huge. And so he feeds five thousand people, and so now they are following him. They're following him across the Sea of Galilee, all the way across the Sea of Galilee, to a town called Capernaum, okay? where they're following Jesus because he fed them. Now you have to understand, if you can feed 5,000 people, you are a big deal in the first century. Do you know why you're a big deal? Because food was very important back then. It was extremely important. It was rare. You know, it was hard to make. If you were poor, it was hard to get the supplies to be able to make food. People were scrounging. So if you could make, if you could feed 5,000 people, you were a rock star. I mean, you had a following. Usually the one who could feed the masses was gonna be the one who was was king. He was gonna be the one who was in control. So he's got 5,000 people that are shocked. They're amazed. They're blown away what he just did for them. They're saying, this guy just fed us. So we're gonna follow him. It's just like us many a times. We're riding on the highs of life. We're flowing in the favor of God and we're being healed and we feel good at church and and man, things are going great for us and God's blessing us man and our Bible studies erupting and, and man, God's speaking to us and we're on the high and we're, it's all about emotion and, and man, God's doing great things in our life and it's like, man, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go because you are feeding me and man, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting built up and great things are happening, man. Great things are happening in my church so I will follow you all the days of my life. I'm with with you man I'm with you I'll follow you I'll walk across the sea of Galilee Galilee I'll paddle I'll swim I'll do whatever it takes I'm following this guy because he is working in my life but sometimes when the dark times come along and the tough times comes along it becomes not so much fun to follow Jesus anymore it's not as easy to follow Jesus when he's not feeding us anymore Or when it seems like Jesus is silent or it seems like he's absent, it's not very fun to follow him anymore. And there's tough times where we wonder, man, God, where you at? Man, I've been praying, I've been seeking and it just doesn't seem like you're showing up with all this bread and all this fish and I just don't understand it. And it seems like, man, I just don't know if I wanna follow him anymore. It's not so much fun. So here comes this crowd of 5,000 people. They show up. They said, man, we want the bread, we want the food, we want it all. And Jesus takes this time that he has with them and he says, okay, Here's what I'm going to do for you. You came to me because I could fill your belly. But I want to do something greater than that. I want to give you bread today that will last for an eternity. I want to give you the words of eternal life. So Jesus knew that they were there for one reason, to get their bellies filled. But Jesus said, I'm going to take this time because I want to teach you a message. And then if you're willing to listen to this message, it will be the words of eternal life. But today, I'm not going to feed you. Today, I'm not gonna take care of you. All I'm gonna do is speak to you today. And they thought, well, that's weird. I don't know, you know, the, the bread, the fish, we're hungry. But Jesus said, no, you don't understand, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And they're thinking, the bread of life? And they're just getting confused. He says that and they're getting confused and they're starting to wonder. And then he says the shocking statement where it gets really weird. Where it just seems like Jesus takes the complete left turn. It gets weird. They have no idea what to think. People are leaving him. Things are getting strange. It seems, you know, if there was ever a time we could preach about vampires in the Bible or Edward Cullen or Twilight and all that stuff, it would be this time in the Bible that we could preach about vampires and wonder about vampires because he starts preaching some weird stuff. And people are going, I can't handle this. This is just too weird. So Jesus says this in verse 53. They're there to, you know, to get fed, and Jesus says this. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Then he says this, Whoever eats my flesh, verse 54, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, eating flesh, drinking blood, I will raise, raise him up. This sounds like twilight to me. This sounds like, you know, I mean, this sounds like one of the series. This sounds like a vampire. Jesus has gone weird. He's gone rogue. He's talking about, you know, eating flesh and drinking blood. He's talking about raising people up. I mean, in the last day, this is, this is getting weird. We came here to be fed. That's all we want to do. We want to follow you because you're the guy who fed us last time. We didn't come to a, listen to a message about eating your flesh and drinking your blood. This is confusing. It's creepy, Jesus. And we're out, peace out. We thought you were the one, but we're, we're, not, we're not sure right now. Then he says this, verse 56, whoever eats my flesh, or excuse me, verse 55, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Verse 56, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. So they show up on the scene across the Sea of Galilee, however they got there okay? They follow him to this town called Capernaum. They want to get fed, and he says, listen, I want to give you something that's more important than just a meal for today. I want to give you something that's going to last for an eternity. I'm going to teach you today, but they're not okay with that because he starts talking about these things where he says, listen, if, if, listen, I'm the bread of life. What I have to offer can last for an eternity. The words that I have can last for an eternity, but if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then I'll raise you up in the last day, and they're going, weird. It's getting strange. It's getting creepy. Okay, and I could only imagine, my imagination runs wild, you know, what, what, what this was like. 5,000 people, the disciples are there, like, you know, the 12 disciples, the 12 are backing him up and everything, and they're used to going, yeah, feed him Jesus. Yeah, shout me down once playing the organ, you know, and the, you know, the drums and everything, and they're getting after, they're getting excited, you know, because before they were following me, it was all great stuff, and now they're going, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus, I I don't understand where you're going with this. This is strange. This is weird. We're uncomfortable. We don't understand. And what we can't understand, we want to run from. And I'm sure the disciples were thinking when they were standing beside him or around him or back in the back, I'm sure they were thinking, somebody needs to get up there and stop this guy. He is losing the He's Somebody go tell him to do the fish and the loaves thing again. Somebody go tell him to start feeding people so that we won't lose these people. If he's ever going to get elected king, then he needs to start talking about something a little bit more uplifting because this isn't working. And everybody starts to get real nervous. Some people start to leave. The disciples are wondering what has gotten into Jesus. Then we look at verse 60. We're going to skip over to verse 60 when everything starts going wrong. It says this, On hearing it, Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? This is a hard teaching, the disciples said. And this is not talking about the 12 disciples. This is talking about everybody was there, the followers of Jesus that were following him. They came up to him and and they're starting to shout back and shout things, you know, and, and come up to him going, Jesus, this is too hard this is too confusing this is a hard teaching and they said who can accept this that word accept there it means to embrace it means to go with this it means this is this is too hard of a message jesus Eat your flesh, drink my blood. This sounds like vampires. We're wigged out, we're creeped out right now. We don't understand. We wanna run right now. This is too hard of a message. Let's go back to you feeding us because that makes us feel good and we'll wanna hang out with you more. We'll wanna follow you more. We'll wanna serve you more and it will be better for us and better for you in the long run if you just continue to feed us and give us what you want. But we can't accept this word. We can't accept this message that you're talking about. It's too hard. We can't go with this. We can't embrace this This is a hard teaching You know There is There's all time there, there's, We all have seasons in our life And we all have stages in our life Where we come to this point point. we go I don't really understand this I don't really get this I don't understand what God is trying to do in my life here. I don't understand what God's trying to teach me. I don't, I don't understand what I'm missing here. This seems like a hard message. This seems like a hard season. And there are all, we all have those times in our life when things become difficult, when things become tough, we start to lose our awe and our wonder and we start to lose our followership and we wanna go, this is a little too difficult. I don't know if I really signed up for this. You know, it was cool to follow you at first when I was in the altar and I was doing the quake and the shake thing and, and everything was going great for me and I was getting healed and delivered and, and it seemed like, you know, everything was going in my direction. I had loads of strength and people around me that were encouraging me and, and, and man, everything was going in my, in my favor and everything was going in my way and it just seems like, God, you were right there and then all of a sudden the hard season comes. The tough time comes, the dark time, the dark hour of our life comes and it gets a little bit tougher And you go. And you start to think the same thing the disciples did. I don't know if I really signed up for this. I'm having a hard time understanding what's going on. I'm, I'm missing out, I'm misunderstanding and I think I might just want to walk away. It was fun for a while and it was a lot easier to serve God back then. But now I think I just might want to walk away. Jesus goes on to say this to him. He asks him this question. It's great. After they say, who can accept this? It says, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this. So the crowd, all these followers that were following him, they were grumbling. Aware that they were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? It says, does this offend you? Does this word, does this time, does this season in your life, is this offending you? Does this make you go, Ugh. Does In other words, does this make you stumble? Does this word that I'm sharing with you, does it make you want to walk off? I don't understand why you're grumbling, why you're complaining, why you're, you know, griping that things aren't going your way. Does this word offend you? Does it, in your spirit, do you just go, I just don't know, this is just, it's not what I signed up for. Does it make you want to stumble away? Because, you know, we all have, you know, these times where suddenly it's like we're following Jesus, where we realize, just like the disciples realized, that sometimes, suddenly, all of a sudden, following Jesus is going to be a little bit more difficult than what we thought. Or sometimes that following Jesus is going to be a little bit more of a hassle than it is a help. That sometimes following Jesus doesn't look so great at the moment. And it just seems like walking away would be the easiest thing to do. And it seems like following Jesus right now that it's just going to cost me something. We've had those seasons in life where suddenly we're in the middle of a season. We realize, man, this is going to cost me a lot more than I thought it was. I'm going to have to give up something. I'm going to have to sacrifice something. And it's going to cost me more than I imagined that I thought it would. And guess what? I'm not sure if I quite signed up for this. This is a hard word. I don't know if I can accept this. This thing that I'm going to have to give up. This thing that I'm going to have to sacrifice. Man, it's going to be a little tougher than I thought it was going to be. And it's not really working out to my advantage. And it's going to cost me something. And I, I don't quite know if I signed up for this. And I think I'm ready to just walk away. You know, because when we think about when we were a kid, it was easy to serve the Lord. You know, the, the games and everything. And, 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 you know, if you grew up in children's ministry and everything like that, it was easy to serve the Lord. And there was a time when you were a kid and you memorized all the Bible verses. Or, yeah, we all had those times where it was super, super fun to serve the Lord. But then as we got older, maybe we went into high school or we went into college, guess what? It sounds like we tried to carry on and we wanted to serve the Lord and we wanted to live a Christian life. But then we realized that we were the only one who wanted to do that anymore. And then we realized in that time, in that season, that stage of our life where we were in high school or we were in college, there was that season where we felt like we were the only one who really cared anymore. And he thought, this is gonna cost me a lot more than I thought it would. Man, this is a hard time this is a tough season and you felt, you felt like walking away. Or maybe it's for some of you who are in the marketplace You're in the business world and you thought, you know what? I'm going to decide to do everything that I can to be the most ethical person I can, to be the most moral person I can, to do everything right, to do everything with integrity. But you know what? You look around you at your marketplace or your job place and everybody around you that has no integrity and they have no morals or ethics, they're getting promoted left and right. They're getting raises left and right. But you seem to be all alone. When you've made a decision to be a person of integrity and to be a person of morals and ethics, you're not getting promoted. You're not getting advanced you're not getting you're not getting raises except you may even feel like you're getting decreased and you're getting stolen from but you've decided and you go how in the world and you think to yourself how in the world am i ever going to advance like this how am i ever going to get a promotion like this how am i ever going to get a raise like this and for the first time in your life when serving god was fun you were in the middle of that season and you thought maybe just walking away would be a little bit easier it was fun for a while and it was great, but it just seems too hard. And I feel like walking. I feel like leaving. Or maybe you're someone that you're in a difficult season of marriage and you felt like, you know, for the longest time you were that person of you you stay in love and you fall in love and you stay in love you keep in love and you don't get out of a marriage and you give it everything you got and and, and no matter the circumstances you don't get a divorce and you were that person that just believed in marriage but now you're in the middle of a season where you're in a tough marriage and now it's not so fun anymore it's not so easy anymore in the middle of your tough season in the middle of your tough time and your tough hour and you're thinking about leaving And you're thinking about walking. You go, I don't know if I signed up for this. I think it would just be easier if I wasn't a Christian right now. And you feel the same thing the disciples felt when they sit there and they listen to this hard message that Jesus preached. You felt the same tension that they felt. You thought, this is not what I signed up for. This is too hard. And you think, maybe I'll do the same thing as the disciples do. I'll fade behind a pillar in the back, I'll disappear where Jesus never sees me, and I'll just walk away. Because in the middle of this tough, uncertain time, I think it'd be just easier if I just leave. If I just walk away. Here's something that I wrote down that I want us to grab. If we grab anything from this message, this is what I want us to grab tonight. This is what I get from this is that when it comes to being a Christian, there are seasons where it costs us more than it serves us. When it comes to being a Christian, there are seasons where it costs us more than it serves us. Sometimes it seems like we're giving more than what we're taking. Sometimes it seems like being a Christian and serving God, it seems more of a hassle than it is to help. And there are seasons where you feel like, man, this is just costing me a lot more than I thought it would. And there are those seasons, and I promise you, if you haven't been through one, you will go through one. And if, if you've already been through one, you completely understand where there are seasons where you feel like this is costing more me more than it's serving me more. So let's find out what Jesus says. Verse 66 says this. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him things got too tough too difficult from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him in verse 67 jesus turns to his 12 that he had been teaching for a long time now he turns to them and this powerful statement comes out and he says you do not want to leave too do you Everybody's leaving. Everybody's deserting Jesus because things get too tough. It gets too hard. And so he comes to his 12 disciples and, and, and when they're probably trying to stop him and saying, you need to preach about something better. You need to make things easier. You need to bring the, the five loaves and the two fish. And they're, they're trying to, you know, hey, we're losing people. People are walking away. People are deserting you, Jesus. People are, are just taking off and they're leaving and they're not coming back. You're losing people. And all of a sudden he turns to the 12 disciples that have been following him and he looks at them and he says... You don't want to leave too, do you? Do you want to leave too? Has things gotten too far for you? Has it gotten too tough for you? Has it gotten too hard for you that you want to leave too? Do you want to leave as well? I can imagine someone were probably just thinking, you know, it's looking pretty good right now leaving and jet now would just be a lot easier right now so Peter steps up and says this I love this Simon Peter answered him otherwise known as Peter we call him Peter Simon Peter answered him and says Lord to whom shall we go he said this to whom shall we go Which means this, that Peter had had this realization in his life that he was saying, no, Jesus, you're asking us if we want to leave, and I'm a little unsure right now, and I'm a little uncertain because that was a hard message and that was a difficult time, and I don't really understand what you're talking about, and you about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, and i got a lot of questions right now. i got a lot of stuff that's going on in my brain. i got a lot of stuff that's going on in my heart, and I'm, I'm mad about some stuff. I don't understand some stuff, but here's what I tell you, Jesus... To whom shall I go? Where else would I go? Which means this. If I were to go, that means that I would be opting to go to someone else or to something else. Because I know that if I leave you, Jesus. Peter's saying this. That if I leave you, Jesus, that means that I'm going to be going to someone else. Or I'm going to be going to something else. Because to opt to not to follow Jesus is to opt to follow someone else or something else. And Jesus said, who in the world would I go to? Because if I leave you, that means I'm going to go to someone else or I'm going to go to something else. So who or what would I go to? To whom shall we go? I think we all need to say that tonight. Everyone say, to whom shall we go? Say it again. Say, to whom shall we go? Say it one more time. To whom shall we go? So Jesus said, to whom shall I go? Because to refuse to follow you is for me to go somewhere else or to something else. And, and, and if not Jesus, then who? If not Jesus, then what? You see, we all hear these stories about, about people that, that served God when they were younger and they got hyped up and, and man, God was doing great things in their life when they were a kid and when they were in college or in high school or whatever and they served God in the young adults ministry or you know, things like First Tuesday like we got here and then somewhere along the lines, they lost it. They lost it, and they fell into sin, or they fell into distractions, or our busyness, or whatever it is. And it seems like that we all hear those stories about. Yeah, I grew up in church, and I was saved, and I was baptized, and God was doing great things. But I lost it, and I fell off. But then I came back ten years later. We always hear people about. We always hear about people falling away, and then them returning again. Do you know why did they return again? Because sometime in some way they had a realization. They had this realization when they were away from God and they didn't feel his presence anymore. and They didn't feel his blessing anymore. They thought in the world, wait a second, because I left Jesus, I'm running towards this other person or because I left Jesus when things got too hard, I ran towards this other thing and suddenly it hit me, where in the world would I go except Jesus? And so they come crashing down and they come crying down at the altar or they come and they commit their life and they rededicate their life again because all of a sudden it hits them. Where else am I going to go? To whom shall I go? And then if I'm leaving Jesus, it means I'm running towards this other thing that I don't need to be running towards. And if I'm leaving Jesus, it means I'm running towards someone else. And if not Jesus, who? And if not Jesus, what? What? And we always hear about people wanting to return and coming back, and we hear stories like that all the time. And then Peter says this: I love it. We're going to close in just a few minutes. He says this: To whom shall we go? And then he says, "You have the words of eternal life." You have the words of eternal life. Where else would I go, Jesus? I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know I don't understand everything. I know you just started talking about blood and drinking blood and eating flesh and you sound like you know, a vampire and it's getting really weird and it's getting really creepy right now and I don't understand everything and I got a lot of questions, but who else would I go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else would I go? No matter how hard times get, no matter how difficult times get, no matter how much I don't understand, no matter how much I'm going through with my finances, no matter how much I'm going through with my marriage, no matter how much I'm going through with my family, where in the world would, would I go? To whom shall I go? Because you have the words of eternal life. Is anyone else offering the words of eternal life? Then why would I go anywhere else? even though i don't understand in the verse 69 he says this he says we believe and know that you are the holy one of god which means jesus you have ruined us you have completely ruined us because now we believe We get it. We've seen that you have the words of eternal life. You're teaching us how to live and we never imagined living would be this great. You're teaching us principles and rules and things to live by when no one else could make up this stuff. And we're taking notes 100 miles an hour by the things you're saying. And you're raising the dead and you're healing the sick and you're doing all these great things and you're telling us that we can do it. And you're telling us these new things that are shaking things up and we don't understand them all the time. But we're moved Mom, and it's changing us. And we're ruined because we believe that you're the Holy One of Israel, that you are the Holy God. We believe that you are the real deal. You have ruined us. So why in the world would we go anywhere else? We're yours forever. And even though it's hard, and even though it's difficult, and even though I don't understand, even though it's creepy, and even though things aren't going my way, I'm not going to go anywhere else. Because you have the words of eternal life. You're the holy one of Israel. You're the only one that has the answer. Because if I leave you, that means I'm going to go some, to somebody else. And if I leave you, that means I'm going to go to something else. That if I'm running away from you, it means I'm running towards something else. So where in the world would I run towards except you, even though I don't understand? Because you have the words of eternal life. We believe. So let me give you just a couple thoughts real quick as we close. Because we all have these seasons in our life where we have a, a lot of questions. We have a lot of concerns and it just becomes like what I said, when it comes to serving the Lord, it just seems like it's costing us more than it's serving us. So here's a couple ideas and here's a couple of thoughts. Is that, number one, we, we have to don't focus exclusively on all our questions, you don't need to focus exclusively on all of your questions. You know why? Because I have never met a Christian that said that they became a Christian after they got all their questions answered. I've never met a Christian that said, I became a Christian after God answered all my, all my questions. And then he said, And then the other thing I think about this is that I've never met a Christian that after they became a Christian, all their questions got answered as well is that you don't need to focus exclusively on your questions and your concerns and your misunderstandings. That your response needs to be every single time that you get into a rough spot and that you don't understand things and that your questions aren't getting answered and God's not doing things for you. You don't understand everything completely or it's getting confusing or it gets getting really tough to serve the Lord. Do you know what your response needs to be? To whom shall I go? To whom shall I go? I know I don't understand. Everything's tough. Everything seemed dark. It seems really, really tough right now. But to whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else would I go? See, we get so bogged down by our questions We get so bogged down by our questions when things get tough and things get difficult and we always think about leaving and the the transitions of our life or in the tough times and the dark times. We always think about leaving or the temptations of our life. We think about walking away, but there's something that keeps us there and it's that voice that speaks to us. When we're thinking about leaving and we're thinking Christianity, man, it's not really serving me. It's costing me a lot more than I thought it would and I'm thinking about walking away, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and all of a sudden you hear something along this. You don't want to leave me too, do you? You're thinking about walking away from a marriage that's not serving you and all of a sudden you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. You don't want to leave too, do you? Finances are just, you just don't know why but everything's falling apart and it's just crazy. And you're thinking about giving up and it's just costing you a lot more and people are saying, well, you need to give your way out of this and you need to make sure that you're faithful and, and you know what? It, God hasn't, it doesn't seem like God's showing up in your finances and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving and God's not showing up in your finances and you're going, I think if I just held on to that 10% or that money, maybe it would help me out a little bit more and you're thinking about walking away but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you're not thinking about leaving too, are you? Or you're in a marriage that's just anything far from Christian marriage. And you're thinking, this is just not serving me. It's costing me a lot more than I thought it would. And it's just not working out. It's too hard. It's too tough. And then all of a sudden you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. You're not thinking about leaving me too, are you? Maybe you've had to make sacrifices that have cost you embarrassment. It cost you pride and you've had to leave people behind or leave friends behind or leave relationships behind because you've really wanted to serve the Lord with all your heart. But it seems like you're losing friends. It seems like you're losing relationships because you're trying to make the right decisions. It seems like you're losing reputation and you're losing money and it's costing you embarrassment. And you're thinking about walking away and you're thinking about leaving. But you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. You're not thinking about leaving too. Are you? See, I think we owe it to ourselves, that we owe it to ourselves before we ever think about walking away, before we ever think about giving up. I think we owe it to ourselves to pause and to stop and ask ourselves, To whom shall I go? 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 Where else am I going to go? Anybody else offering the words of eternal life? I'm with you. Even though it's hard, even though it's confusing, and even though Christianity Christianity at this current stage of my life or this current season of my life is costing me more than it's serving me, to whom shall I go? I'm with you all the way. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we know that tonight is, Lord, that it's certainly...